So uh, I'm speaking today about doing good to others. Why don't you say that with me, doing good to others. Doesn't that just sound good? I think it does. And, um, and I believe that the Lord can use this message to work in our hearts and to cause us to be a blessing to others. And I really felt stirred uh, to speak on the parable of the Good Samaritan. And this is under the topic, doing good to others. I really believe that this was not a good idea. I, I want to humbly say I believe it was a God idea because I felt the, the sense of the prompting of the Holy Spirit to share this message with you this morning. You see, folks, there are so many people that are struggling with the fallout and the impact of this pandemic that we've seen of the coronavirus and also specifically of everything that happened to try to handle this virus and economy being shut down and businesses being shut down. Some businesses are still not open at this point. It's been an unthinkable thing that we as a nation and the world for that matter have gone through. And so, so many are struggling, so many are affected, and I believe that God wants to release passion, compassion in our hearts for people around about us that are struggling. So many have lost employment, incomes have been affected, marriages have taken strain during this time, some have even lost loved ones. That is big, that is huge. Financial strain has been experienced by people. Debts have been rising. Cars have been repossessed. And discouragement for some people has begun to set in. And I believe that this is the time where we need to help one another. And there is a very practical element to this message today. We need to help one another both emotionally but also practically. Hear me clearly. We can't just provide emotional support. We need to help people practically as well. And so let's allow the parable of the Good Samaritan to speak to our hearts today. And I'm praying that, that, that God will show you that he can use you. And, and sometimes we're looking, the government pro must provide the aid and the help and so on. And, and yes, there's responsibilities there. But God wants to use each one of us as individuals. I mean, we are so many millions and millions of Christians across this country that God wants to activate, I believe, today. And so during this message, would you please be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and specifically let God show you one or two people that you're aware of that are in need that you can help. And even if you are one of those people that are in need, I wanna tell you, there's still some things that you can do to help other people. So let's be sensitive to the promptings of the Lord. Please turn to Luke chapter 10. And I'm gonna be reading from the New King James Version. It's uh, quite a few verses of scripture. I think it's 12 verses. So Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. And let's see what the Lord says about doing good to others. It says, Luke 10, 25, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, tested Jesus. This was a religious expert, a religious scholar. 
So he stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love. Would you say the word love? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Maybe he felt a little bit cut to the heart. Maybe he felt, I wanna narrow this so far down that there's no pressure on me. And he said, who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, and now he tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. He says, a certain man, went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. I thought to myself, you know, South Africans can almost relate to this kind of thing, quite scary. And it says, now by chance, a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, please say Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Listen to that. Listen to this heart. He had compassion. So he went to him. And now look what he does to this man. And bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and set him on his animal. He brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, that's two silver coins, gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And whatever more you, you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. Verse 36, so which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. And then Jesus said, go and do likewise. Amazing story, a beautiful parable. Please keep your Bible open. We're gonna to refer to it here and there as we go along. There are three things that I'd like to share with you based out of this today. Number one, love compels us to break through the barriers. Let me say that again. Love compels us to break through the barriers. And that's what we do see in the story. Now, let's just get a little bit of a context about where this took place in terms of the story and how it unfolded. The distance from Jerusalem to Jericho was about 27 kilometers. So it was indeed quite a walk. 
And it was a dangerous road because of all the twists and the turns between Jerusalem and Jericho, twists and turns through very rocky terrain, rocky region. And because of all the twists and turns, it provided many hiding places for robbers and thieves to suddenly jump out behind the rock and whatever and uh, try to steal and mug people and so on. So those that were listening to Jesus, they could picture the scene very well. It was so easy for them. They knew the road very well. And it is said by theologians that it was the most well-known road in all of Judea. It is also said that uh, there were 12,000 priests that lived in Jericho, 12,000. There were many other priests in other places as well. And these priests would regularly go up to Jerusalem and perform their duties. So imagining priests going along this road was not difficult to imagine. And just by the way, don't you love the way Jesus communicated? Such a relevant parable, relevant example. People could picture it, you know. It's like us talking about the N1 highway or, or the Gau train. We can all picture it, but it's very different in terms of this story. But I love that Jesus was relevant in the way he communicated and by the way, this robbery victim was almost certainly a Jew. And it is safe to come to that conclusion based on everything else we know. So, the first passerby was a priest. But he showed no love, and he didn't show any compassion, and he passed by the other side. He didn't want to get involved I wonder sometimes, maybe you and I are like that, and we think to ourselves, no, I'm too busy. I don't wanna get involved. Yeah, my life is busy enough. I've got three kids, you know. But sometimes we are the priest, and we need to learn from the story. I mean, of all people, the priest should have known the law of God. He certainly did. And the priest should have been somebody to show compassion on the injured man. But it seems that he didn't appreciate that the word love includes action. Let me tell you, when God says love your neighbor as yourself, this is not just a warm, fuzzy feeling of a sense of goodwill to your neighbor. No, love requires action. But the priest, even though this was a man who knew the law, he didn't show compassion. The second passerby was a Levite. And the Bible says that this Levite came and looked. So perhaps he was a little bit more curious. He wanted to kind of see what, what's going on, stepped a little closer. He came and looked, but yet he also then passed by on the other side. Even his curiosity did not move him to action. He showed no compassion. He passed by on the other side. But as a Levite, he was somebody that would have known the law. He would have known the law of love. I mean, he assisted as a Levite in the temple. In other words, he worked for the church. <laughs> if he worked for the church, you especially expect that he's gonna show kindness, but he did not practice what was preached. And then there's this third man who comes along, the third passerby, he was the Samaritan. Say Samaritan, Samaritan. But the thing is, there was a great deal of animosity between the Jews and the Samaritans, and specifically, do you know that Jews actually hated Samaritans? They thought that they were low-class people because they intermarried and didn't keep certain laws and so on, and so quite literally, 
there was hatred towards the Samaritans. And so when Jesus described a Samaritan as helping this Jewish man, do you know it would have shocked the people that were listening? <laughs> it would have been, no, what? Of all people, a Samaritan. Of all people, a despised Samaritan who was coming to the rescue. I wanna tell you this, sometimes God may use people that you don't like to show unexpected kindness in your life because he wants to change your heart towards them. <laughs> and sometimes vice versa. God's gonna use you to be kind to other people because they don't like you, maybe they hate you, but God's gonna use you to change their heart towards you. And so the priest and the Levite, they didn't wanna get involved, but the Samaritan, he showed nothing short of an abundance of love and compassion. But here's the significant thing, folks. Love compels us to break through the barriers. I wanna say that again. Love compels us to break through the barriers like the Samaritan did. And the Samaritan, get this, he reached out despite racial tensions. That's actually what we're talking about. Despite racial tensions, he reached out and he understood the need to help someone regardless of racial issues and tensions. The Samaritan, he didn't see this man as a black man or a white man or a Jew or an Indian man or a colored man, whatever. He just saw him as a man who was in desperate need. And, and really, in terms of all of this, I believe that we tremendously need to see breakthrough in the nation of South Africa regarding racism. I wanna tell you, racism is ultimately a demonic thing with a demonic influence. And we must not succumb to this racism. And we must not get involved and say ugly things to one another. We must not do that. And I wanna tell you, in all of this, the love of God is the most powerful tool to eradicate racism. And the church of Jesus Christ should be the first ones to be setting the example. Come on, church. Anybody say amen. amen. And so I wanna say, let's begin to more and more, as the people of God, put aside prejudice and put on compassion and demonstrate love. Number two, love compels us to give of ourselves and what we have. Let me say that again. Love compels us to give of ourselves and of what we have. It says in Matthew 22 verse 39, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Please say the word neighbor. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, one of the questions that we need to ask is, well, who is my neighbor? When you think of who is your neighbor, maybe you think of, well, the people living around about you, the house next door, the other house next door, the house behind you, the house across the street, and those people are your neighbors, but it is more than that. Basically, your neighbor is anyone within your reach. Anyone that you come into contact with, anyone that you can encounter. Listen to what one theologian says. He says, if a man came from the most distant part of the earth, the moment he is near you, he has claim upon your mercy and kindness. Isn't that interesting? Because he's your neighbor. He's within your reach because you can do something for him. So your neighbor is anyone that is within your reach, but ultimately it does include every single person on earth 
is considered our fellow man, our neighbor. But for the point of what we're focusing on today, focus on this, anybody that is within your reach, you have people within your reach in your sports club, at work, when you go to the supermarket, when you're hanging out with friends, when, you, uh, you know, when you're on holiday, staying with some people, those are all people you coming into contact with, people within your reach. And so just to recap verse 33 to 35, let's have a look here. It says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Now look at all of what he did. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. Now, I find it interesting that Jesus described in great detail everything that the Samaritan did. When Jesus goes into great detail to describe something, he's trying to talk to us. Are you listening? Are you seeing the extent of what this Samaritan did? What did he do? He gave his time. Some people say, well, I don't have time. Well, we have to make time because of the law of love. He gave his love. He gave his supplies because with him, it seems that he had olive oil. The olive oil was to soothe the wounds and he also gave of the wine that was to put on the wounds to disinfect the wounds. He gave his donkey, he gave his wheels. <laughs> he gave his care, he gave a place to stay. He gave his money, which was two silver coins, that is two days of wages. And also he gave his commitment to come back. He didn't just palm him off onto the next guy. He gave his commitment to come back and check on the man. But above all, he gave his love. And that's what God is calling you and I to do as good Samaritans to give of our love. And so I wanna tell you, sometimes folks, it is costly to love people. It's not always about physical things and giving of money and so on, but sometimes it costs us to do something of kindness to others, but do it in any case. And so I find this an amazing story of the uh, Good Samaritan, and it should inspire us, and it should also challenge us. Is anybody being a little bit challenged today? But this is crucial. It was love that compelled the Samaritan to give of himself and also of what he had. Some people don't wanna give of themselves, but they'll just make a donation. I wanna tell you, this guy, he gave of himself, but he also gave of what he had. On to point number three. Number three is this, go and do the same. Do good to others. Please say that with me, go and do the same. Do good to others. Let's just recap verse 36 and verse 37. Jesus said, so, which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, this is now the religious scholar, he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said, go and do likewise. I wanna point out something to you here, very interesting. The religious scholar was still so prejudiced that he wouldn't even mention the name Samaritan because he hated Samaritan so much. He wouldn't even mention that name but his conscience pricked him so that he could just in some way acknowledge the man who showed compassion. <laughs> 
And so I wanna tell you, this story made a big impact on those listening. And this man, he was really impacted, this religious scholar. And so I wanna challenge you with the words of Jesus as I'm drawing to a close. And I wanna say to you, child of God, listening to me today, I want to say, go and do likewise. Go and do as you have seen portrayed here where you're willing to give of yourself and when you're willing to give of what you have, you're willing to break through those barriers of racial prejudice because God wants to use you to bring healing in terms of different ethnic groupings in our nation. But I wanna challenge you, go and do likewise and would you think of how you can also be a good Samaritan. A good Samaritan is what we can all become. And so I asked you earlier to think of one or two people that you can help, that you can be a blessing to. And I just wanna end off giving some practical suggestions for doing good to others. Maybe if you have a friend who has lost a loved one, or a family member that's lost a loved one during this time, you know what? You can spend time with them. You can let them share their heart with you and carry their burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ and you can encourage them. That is really giving of yourself. Or if somebody has lost their job, I wanna tell you, they are crying out right now. Even although they may play it cool and say, no, it's fine, it's fine. I wanna tell you, if they've lost their job, wouldn't you consider giving some groceries? Wouldn't you consider paying a bill? Wouldn't you consider giving some money? Ask them, send me your banking details. I wanna put some money into your account. Wouldn't you consider dropping off a meal to someone who's in need? I also wanna say this, I believe that some of you that are listening to me today, you have a spare car. You hardly ever use that car, but there's somebody that you know within your reach that desperately needs a car. And I'm mentioning this specifically today because I felt a word of knowledge from God that there are some cars that God is wanting to be released from people who don't really need them to people who are in desperate need. Hear the word of the Lord today. Or if you have a friend who's facing a serious illness, you can earnestly support them in prayer they might be facing a terminal disease. Don't just say, yeah, I'll pray for you, but you don't. No, pray for them earnestly, and so you are doing good to others. Maybe you could give some clothes to a family who is less than you. Or maybe you have lots and lots of timeshare points, and you could bless somebody with a few days away, a week away, you could bless them, because they don't have money to go away, and they desperately need a break. Maybe you can even bake a cake for someone. I'm not gonna bake a cake for someone I don't, well, because I don't bake cakes, but lots of people bake cake, but you can just go and bless them. And so I wanna say, there are so many ways in which you can be a blessing to people around about us. But I'm telling, telling you, under, the, under the, uh, the, the mouthpiece of God, I believe, go and do likewise. Come on, child of God. This is the time to do good. This is the time to help people. This is the time to break through barriers because people are crying out for help and God can use you. Amen. Do you receive the message today? I really trust you do. Let's end off in prayer. Father, thank you for this parable as we've read and spent time on this parable, your word has come alive to us. And here we are, Lord, and we're saying yes to being used by you. 
Lord, we're not gonna just shy away from helping people. We're not just gonna be in our comfort zone and being selfish, just worried about ourselves. And if we have been that way, Lord, we're very sorry for that. But we hear your heart. We realize that love equals action and that we should not only love you so much, but we should love our neighbor as ourselves, those that are within our reach. So we trust in you, Lord, in Jesus' name, to help us do good to others. In Jesus' name, amen, and God bless you.